everyone to the Talking Reef Podcast. Questions and comments are always welcome. Please send them to podcast at talkingreef.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.talkingreef.com. Now here's the show. Welcome to Talking Reef Podcast, Episode 11. Well, first I'd like to start off quickly by saying, uh, getting some votes with the, uh, the poll that's up regarding the show uh, topic and title names. Uh, right now it's a tie, so that wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but it does. I am happy to see people are out there voting. Uh, I'm going to let the poll stay active and let it run until uh, midnight tomorrow night, which uh, today's Thursday is when I'm recording this. So it's going to run until Friday, 931. Now, if at that time, uh, midnight Eastern Standard Time, at, uh, on 931, if it is still a tie, what I'm going to do is I'm going to extend that through the weekend until Sunday, which I believe is October 2nd, uh, until midnight October 2nd Eastern Standard Time. And at that point, if it's still a tie, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run it to the end of next week. Uh, I can't imagine it's going to stay a tie for very long, but uh, since it, the tie tying vote, I think, came in today, so... At this point, we're just going to let that run until uh, until I can, you know, get a decisive decision out of there, and then we will uh, make the changes based on the results of the poll. So, um, well, at this point, I think we're going to go ahead and move right into the comments uh, that I've received over the last week. So, after the comments this week, uh, I had two quick comments that I just wanted to mention uh, on here. The first one came from Tim Hutchinson, and just basically saying that uh, I found your podcast on iTunes. Great job. Uh, I've started my own fish only with Live Rock Tank and found you the best source of information out there. Please keep up the great work. And I just wanted to mention that and make sure uh, I say thanks to Tim for sending in that feedback. I love seeing the feedback uh, from everybody out there, both good and bad. And uh, I'd like to make sure everybody keeps sending it in. And thank you for listening to the show. Uh, the second comment came in from, uh, uh, this listener didn't leave his name. It was basically, uh, sender name was AK. Uh, I'm going to summarize this one real quickly. Uh, basically, what uh, AK had stated was that the intro time to the last podcast was rather lengthy. And that he thought that it might detract people or uh, discourage people from continuing to listen to the show with such a lengthy intro. Um, so I did reply back to him, or her, I'm not sure, and uh, did have a little bit of conversation with this person, and I totally understand uh, where this person was coming from. The last show did have a very lengthy intro section, and as I did state in the last show, uh, it was kind of a, a, slow we- a slow and busy week for me, or a busy week regarding information and getting you know stuff running for the site, and I didn't have a lot of time to get into the show, so I did you know try to fill it up with some other information that I thought was important. But regardless, uh, the point was well taken, and I'm going to work to keep that information off of the beginning of the show. Uh, what I'm going to do is work it towards the end of the show uh, after the topics and the questions and everything have been covered. So. Uh, going forward, any site news or information or anything like that will be found at the towards the end of the of the episode. So from there, um, I think that pretty much covered it. I th- you know I think it's hopefully will satisfy everybody and will give everybody uh, everybody can get right, right into the show quickly. So with that being said, uh, we're going to move right into the first question that we received. Okay, first question this week came in from the forums. Uh, Question was from Adam. Adam writes in to say, 
My name is Adam, and I'm a listener in Ohio. I now have a 35-gallon fish-only tank with power compact lighting, a ton of live rock, and lots of mechanical filtration. I kind of halfway got into the hobby about six years ago when a friend gave me a tank. So all excited, I went out to buy fish but brought home a dog-faced puffer, knowing little about them. Now, six years later, and Fat Boy, the fish, is still alive and well. My question is, I am going to be upsizing soon and looking at a tank around either 72 to 125 gallons. Could you help me with a brief rundown of what equipment I will need to create a great reef slash fish tank, i.e. mechanical filtration or sump, refugium, power compact, metal halide lightings? Uh, thank you for your time, Adam. So, Adam, those are some great questions. Uh, first of all, I want to start off by saying uh, the first thing you might want to do is go back through the past episodes. I'm not sure how far you've gotten through them, uh, but I cover a lot of this, or most of this, in some of the prior episodes. Uh, you can probably skip over the first and second episode if you haven't listened to those. Those are very uh, basic rundowns. Uh, the second episode does cover the nitrogen cycle, which you may or may not be interested in. Uh, but going past that, I do cover a lot of this stuff. I cover lighting a bit uh, in different different tanks and different setups and different needs uh, and stuff like that and filtration and, and all that. But basically what you're looking for is uh, for filtration, optimally, uh, in my opinion, mechanical filtration is not needed at all. Uh, you really want to work with a, a sump or a refugium, uh, preferably a fuge. Uh, those work very, very well for, for um, filtration. Um, I'm actually working with a listener right now and we're going, who's going to join in and do some co-hosting with me. And we're going to bring together some segments or a, a series of episodes going very in-depth on filtration. So expect that in the near future. Um, but I, like I said, I did cover a lot of this at a high level. Uh, stay away from the mechanical filtration. Work with the refugium if you can. Uh, the other very, very important thing is uh, have a very good skimmer. Uh, skimmers are one of the most valuable assets that you can have in a reef tank. Um, as far as other types of filtration, uh, live rock is also a very, very important uh, filtration component, so that's something that you want to make sure that you have a lot of or the proper amount of. Uh, regarding lighting and such, that really depends on what type of stuff you want to keep. Uh, power compact lighting is good if you're going to keep soft coral or some coral that doesn't require high lighting. If you're going to be getting into SPS and the hard coral and some of the LPS uh, coral and stuff like that, you're really going to want to look at some high output lights or uh, preferably the metal halide lights. Uh, I did want to make one quick comment about, about this. Uh, you did mention that you have a dog face puffer. Uh, those are not reef safe. So if you're going to be setting up a reef tank, you do not want to put that puffer fish into the reef tank. Puffer fish uh, should go into fish-only tanks, aggressive fish tanks, stuff like that. They will eat coral and they will eat uh, some of the smaller invertebrates and shrimp and stuff like that. They are they have been known to. So they are definitely not reef safe. So I, you might want to try to find something else to do with him. Uh, so thank you for your question. If you have, uh, if you want more detail, uh, if you go through the past episodes and you have more specific questions, by all means, send them in and I will work to get those more specific questions answered. Okay, so the second question came in from the forums also. This one came in from John. John writes in to say, my question is dosing of chemicals in a tank. I've seen numerous 
chemicals from iodine, calcium, etc. at my local fish store. From my experience on various forum boards, they always say, don't dose what you don't test. What is your take on this? Thanks, John. Well, John, my take on this is I absolutely agree with that quote that you got from those forums. Uh, definitely from those forums. Definitely do not dose what you are not testing. Uh, it, it's very important. There, there's a lot of unknowns that could happen in the tank. Uh, calcium is a great example of it. Uh, calcium is one of those things that, depending on your situation, it is possible to have uh, calcium that's out of line. And if you just arbitrarily start dosing with calcium, you could send your calcium levels through the roof. Um, a lot of these chemicals interact with different chemicals. Calcium is a great example. Uh, having calcium that goes through the roof is going to cause your alkalinity levels to go through the floor. So when you're dealing with stuff like calcium, uh, you, you want to make sure that you're also testing your alkalinity and vice versa because they have direct effects on each other. The other chemical that you bring up, iodine, uh, that's one of the sensitive ones. You want to be really, really, really careful what you, uh, what you do with iodine and iodide. Uh, both can have very, very adverse effects on coral. I was initially uh, dosing with iodine a little bit for various reasons. I have since stopped. Uh, but what can happen is, is the slight overdose in iodine or iodide can actually cause corals, especially soft corals, to uh, what's referred to as burn. Uh, I've had this happen with some zania a couple times from overdosing on iodine. What will happen is you'll basically burn the end of the coral from an overdose on iodine and it will literally, the polyps on these will look like somebody took basically a lighter to them and, and singed them and they will close up, they'll stop opening and if not rectified you can cause, you can cause them to die. Um, I was able to recover from it both times and have since for the most part stopped dosing iodine Basically, what I found is when it comes to iodine is I will dose iodine um, when I'm fragging coral because it's a, a type of antibiotic or something that will protect the coral from infection and stuff like that. So uh, basically, I'll leave iodine to just very specific cases when I know that it's needed. Uh, but regarding other chemicals and stuff like that, magnesium and other trace elements and stuff like that, definitely make sure that you're you're testing or you have a good idea of what the current levels are before you start, you know, dosing different things. Um, you really, it, it's really a good idea to do that. So uh, that's my take on that. And if you have any more questions, let me know. Uh, so at this point, what we're going to do is we're going to move on to topic number one, and uh, it's going to be the only topic for this show. And we'll then we'll go ahead and close out the show. Uh, I think it sounds like this is probably going to be a fairly short show, but we'll see uh, what it turns out to be. Uh, the topic number one is going to be regarding uh, powerhead care. In past episodes, I've talked a lot about powerheads and the current of your tank and how important that is for a reef tank. So one of the things that I haven't really talked about is care and maintenance of powerheads. This is something that's very important. Uh, it's important to make sure that you take care of your powerheads, make sure you keep them clean. One of the biggest problems with powerheads that aren't taken care of is that they actually the gallons per hour rating on them, the rate of flow, the flowing rate of water will actually decrease. Um, along with that, a powerhead that is not maintained and not kept clean is actually much more likely to fail uh, much sooner than one that is kept clean. So basically, the first thing here is, is taking care of your powerheads, making sure that they're clean. It, it's good. A lot of the powerheads have 
uh, kind of like a grate or some kind of cover that goes over the intake of the power head that's in the tank. It's a good idea to make sure that you constantly, uh, you know, every day or two visually inspect these. Make sure that there's, they're not being blocked by anything and that they're not clogged up or such. A lot of people that keep uh, herbivore fish and such that feed uh, seaweed or the sheets of seaweed or any romaine or anything like that, um, what will happen is as the fish eat that, large chunks will actually get caught in those and wrap around those intakes and stuff. So you want to make sure that you keep those free of debris and such. Now, as far as cleaning the powerheads, I recommend usually every two weeks if you've got a dirty tank or monthly. I do mine monthly. But basically what I do is I take down, you know, half of my powerheads and then I set up a five-gallon bucket and fill it with hot, very hot water uh, from the tap. And then I will put a couple cups of vinegar into that hot water. And I will take two powerheads at a time and I will drop them into that bucket and basically let them run in that very hot vinegar water for about 10 minutes. Now at that time I will take one of the pumps out, I will disassemble it completely taking all the parts out and it's important to make sure you get all the different pieces out and the impeller and, and everything out of there. And I'll use a small toothbrush and I'll go through there and clean everything up. Now it's very important that you get inside of the housing and the outlets and everywhere that you can to make sure that you keep all the buildup out of there. And it's also important to make sure that the impeller stays clean and free of debris. Uh, a lot of times a lot of algae will start to build up inside of those if they're not cleaned on a regular basis. This can slow down the impeller and cause it to not work as well. And it's also important to uh, make sure that the magnets are cleaned. Uh, most in, most power heads, if not all power heads, uh, basically, they have a magnet that's mounted to the impeller, and then there's a little another magnet on the inside of the power head, and that's how it turns the impeller and moves the water through there. So it's good to keep the inside of the housing clean and the magnet to make sure you get all that stuff off of there. Uh, and then you want to make sure that you get the, the outputs and all that stuff cleaned up and make sure that it's all free of debris, algae, and stuff like that. Um, another very important thing, and this is actually a question that's come up and I've seen all over the place, is regarding the failing of the suction cups on a lot of powerheads. A lot of the powerheads, especially like the maxi jets and stuff like that, the maxi jets are great powerheads, uh, but they, I've found that they have a kind of a little bit of a flaw. I wouldn't say critical, but the suction cups do fail. They kind of stop working over time and it, it seems to be about six months to eight months or nine months or something like that they just they don't hold on very well anymore uh, I comparing this to su uh, powerheads such as the Rio powerheads or, or the CO powerheads um, I've had really good luck with those I've got a, a small Rio powerhead in my smaller tank and I have never had to do anything with those suction cups and they, they've held on very good and they, they seem to be working very well um, also, my CO powerhead, uh, same thing. Very good, very good suction cups. I haven't had to do anything with those either. Uh, the Rios and the Rio Plus, which is the new version of the Rios, both seem to be good. Now, the Maxi Jets and the other one that I have, which is a Hagen's in my small tank, both of those seem to be having problems with suction cups, and they just don't hold anymore. So, 
A couple things that to make sure that to, for maintenance on your power heads to make sure that they stay stuck to the glass and that they continue holding on is that you need to keep the suction cups clean. What I found is making sure that you clean off the area and make sure that it stays clean where the power head is mounted. Um, what will happen is if you have a, a suction cup that basically loses its suction and allows water to get in there and flow in there, algae will build up inside of there. Now when you go ahead and stick that back to the glass, you still got that algae in there. And because light can reflect through the glass, because it's got an inside and outside layer of the glass, it can actually reflect light in there, and the algae will continue to grow. Now, just like any most uh, things that photosynthesize, as, that process, as the algae processes the light, it's going to release oxygen. As it releases oxygen, those oxygen bubbles are going to fill inside the suction cup, and within a day, that suction cup's going to pop right back off again. So here's some tips on making sure that your power heads stay st stuck to your glass. If a power head becomes dislodged or this loses suction, use your glass cleaner and your, your scraper and make sure that you clean up the inside where the suction cup sticks. Make sure it's free of algae. You can use a small scrubbing pad to clean off the inside of the suction cup. And that will usually help make sure that it stays stuck to the glass. Now again, over time, these suction cups become flattened out and they lose their suction altogether, no matter how much you clean them. So here's a tip for, making, for rejuvenating your suction cups. What you can actually do is take a small cup of water. Um, usually a power head has four suction cups on it. So what I do is I'll take about two or three cups of water. I will drop four or eight suction cups into that water and I'll stick it into the microwave for a minute, minute and a half. And basically it's going to boil the water and it's going to re-soften up and rejuvenate those suction cups. Now when you do this it's very, very, very important. Do not put the suction cups into this water in the microwave with any hard plastic pieces. Uh, for example, the suction cups on the heaters are usually mounted to a small holding mechanism that holds the heater to uh, this bracket that the suction cups are attached to. Same thing with the Hagen's power heads. The, the suction cups are actually mounted to a small piece of plastic and then the power head slides into that. It's very, very important that you do not include these pieces of plastic in the water that you're going to be boiling because what's going to happen is it's going to melt that plastic and it's going to cause it to bend and deform and basically is going to make it worthless. So what you can do, like I said, take the suction cups, put them in a couple cups of water, boil them for a minute or two, and then what I found works really good is you take that cup of boiling water, take it back to your faucet with really cold water running, and shock it with really cold water. And from what I've found, basically what I've seen is when they are heated up really hot like that in the boiling water, they become very, very pliable. And they'll usually... Um, Cup, the, the, the cup form will come back uh, and it won't be so flat again. So once it's in that cup shape, shocking it with the cold water seems to help it keep that mold. And then at that point, you want to go ahead and clean them off. Use a, a soft scrub pad or something like that. Make sure that they're free of all algae and all coralline algae and anything like that. Make sure you get all that stuff cleaned out. And that will go a long way in helping to rejuvenate your suction cups and making sure that your power heads stay stuck to the glass. 
Some of my biggest disasters have been power heads falling from the side of the glass, landing in my sand bed, sucking up the sand and shooting it all over the tank. And this can be very disastrous for a tank. Uh, if, you, if it's next to some rocks that aren't properly planted and, and attached to each other, it can cause rocks to topple over. And it can also spray your substrate all over the tank, covering your corals, which can uh, initiate infection or the lack of light to the coral could cause some kind of damage. Now, most of this stuff is recoverable, and the corals usually will recover from it, but it's usually a mess, and it's going to require a lot of time to get cleaned up. So, so that's pretty much my, my tips and tricks on powerhead care and maintenance. Uh, make sure you keep your powerheads clean, and make sure you take care of those suction cups. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. It does look like it's going to be a couple minutes shorter than the other one. So real quickly, I did want to remind everybody to make sure that you go to the website, uh, vote on the polls. Uh, we will be changing that one soon, so make sure you get in on this one and get into some of the other polls that are coming up. Uh, just a quick thought, if anybody is interested in doing any kind of photo of the month or anything like that, uh, something I've been thinking about, we can do some kind of photo submission and have some kind of vote. It's just a, a topic off the top of my head. just wanted to see if anybody was interested in that. If I don't get any feedback on it, then probably not going to pursue it. Um, but make sure you go to the website, check out the forums, start up some conversation. If you have any questions, send them into podcast at talkingreef.com. Also, you can post your questions and comments and feedback and everything on the, the forums, or you can send them right to me, or you can use the feedback section on the website. One thing I have not received yet, which I'm quite surprised, I figured people would be jumping at this, is I have not received any audio comments. Again, audio comments are very simple. Record your, your comment or your question in any type of audio format and email that to me, and I will convert that to a, a compatible format for the show, and I will put that, I will play that comment or that question right into the show so everybody can hear. Um, does make the show a little bit more interesting and does give more of a, a sense of feedback. So I am kind of excited to hopefully get some of those. So some other news, uh, some things that are coming up. I do have a, a special show that's going to be coming up. I'm probably going to do this uh, sometime early next week. It's going to be aside from the regular show. It's going to kind of be an extras. And this is a... I, I, went through and I've got all the final permission and, and all that stuff and I'm going to be doing a, a quick show regarding um, new tank dramas and stuff like that. A lot of people have a lot of questions about a lot of very normal things that happen in a new newly established tank and a lot of people do get very worried because they think that these are big problems and stuff like that. So there's a lot of this stuff that's very normal and in a future show, probably, like I said, early next week, I'm going to go through and do the show that's discussing all the different types of things that happen in a new tank. So hopefully everybody looks forward to that. And uh, if you have any type of show ideas or topics that you'd like uh, like me to discuss, anything that you would be that you would think would be uh, beneficial to the rest of the community and to the, the listeners around, even if it's something that you know about. Uh, if you want to, you know, you want me to discuss it, send it into the email address, and I can get work to get that in here. 
Um, as mentioned, uh, I'm going to be working with a listener who's volunteered some time to help co-host the show. I think that's just great, and I think it's going to add to the overall enjoyment and entertainment value of the show. I think it does a lot, too, when you have multiple people. We are probably going to start off doing some back-and-forth question-and-answer type things, but we will probably then move into uh, some other topics. Like I said, we're going to be working together to bring bring out a, a whole segment or series of segments regarding all the different types of filtration and stuff like that. So those are some of the exciting things, hopefully exciting things, that are, are coming down the pike very soon. Uh, within the next few weeks, you'll, you'll be able to hear a lot of that new stuff. So I think that's probably about it for this episode. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, make sure you send in your comments, your feedback, your suggestions, everything to podcast at talkingreef.com. Make sure you visit this website and make sure you tell a friend. Uh, talk to you next week.